Hello and welcome. Happy day. Sorry. Guitar <laughs> Reese. Hello and welcome to the Sorry Meadows podcast. I'm your host Mike, and today I'm joined by Reese and Sammy as we begin our discussion of a universe which, since day one, has been met with tonal inconsistency, studio meddling, behind-the-scenes drama, Jared Leto, fan campaigns on Twitter, and come up against the full force of Rotten Tomatoes. That's right. Today we're starting our first of three DCEU episodes. In this episode, we'll be covering everything pre-Justice League, including Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, Suicide Squad, and Wonder Woman. Before we begin, feel free to listen to our second podcast, Intermediate Studies of Podcasts and Originality, in which every week we watch, love, and talk about an episode of the greatest TV show of all time, Community. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Sorry Meadows Podcast, well, on Twitter and Instagram at Sorry Meadows Podcast. I'd also like to give a big thanks to Spike Kappa for our catchy theme song. Uh, how are you both today? I'm good. I went outside today for the first time since uh, uh, about a week, and I've not left my I've not left Me my too. two I've... bed my two room flat since for a week. I, uh, I went to the beach. I've just accidentally opened Excel, and I'm waiting for it to come up so I can pr- click the uh, exit button because I don't want to go on Excel. So I I, I went to a park. <laughs> That's a rare, thing, rare thing for Reese to to not I want went to go to, on Excel. Uh, so I went to the park and threw a frisbee around. Mike went to the beach, and Reese accidentally opened Excel. We're we're all leading equally exciting lives. Uh... <laughs> I've started doing a, a a walking challenge in April. I'm trying to do 200 miles worth of walking in April, and I did 21 miles in the last two days. So I'm pretty. Oh, I'm getting there. That's pretty good. That's going. pretty good going. It's <laughs> really good. So, um, but before we move on to the uh, the films themselves, I just want to get about walking. What everyone's. Uh... <laughs> Just want to get an idea of what everyone's um, sort of general thoughts on the DCU as a whole is first of all. So, um, Sammy, what 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 are your thoughts sort of as a whole with the universe? So, if you just sort of like brought it up and I wasn't like properly thinking about it, I have this sort of like intrinsic reaction. My knee jerk reaction is uh, it's kind of a bit you know rubbish and but I just like I'm thinking about it. And I've rewatched like uh, I've been rewatching it lately. Not for this, I just sort of was, and then we we're doing this um, because the new Justice League came out. Um, but I really like most of the films in this, or I like them enough to like give them a thumbs up over a thumbs down. So there's actually only like two and a half films here that I don't think are good, and there's uh, how many films are there now? Like nine or ten? Yeah, nine. And I think seven and a half films is you know, seven and a half out of ten or nine is, you know, it's pretty good. So uh, I think I have this weird reaction to it where I think I don't like it, but then actually I do. I I feel pretty much the same way as you. I think because of sort of what the reactions to it have been, I always think I always look at it quite negatively, but there's only one film in it I don't actually like. And there's, there's two or three that I think are fine. And then a bunch that I really love. So um, it's, I sort of flip flopped a lot on it over the years. I, I looked at some of the films really negatively, and then I looked at those films really positively, and then I sat in the middle. And I think um, I let fan reactions of them sway me a bit on them. But I sort of went back to them all after not watching them for over a year, and watched them all. And sort of came to peace with the fact that yeah, I think most of these films are pretty cool. And even with Zack Snyder's Justice League, which I now love, we'll get to. Uh, 
sort of with all the trailers and people's responses to the trailers and all the stuff that was being released, I was like, oh, this is going to suck. And then it did not suck. It was great. Um, so, yeah, I sort of, it's one that I flip-flopped a lot on, but now I just, I love most of the films in it. So well, that's I why it's I fine. like talking to you about it, because we, we're on the same page with like a lot of these films, especially some of the more, in our opinion, sort of underrated ones. Um, so it's nice that we can sort of bounce this positivity off each other. So we're not, we don't feel like we're going up against the world when we're like, oh, I really like, you know, bits of the original Justice League or... Yeah. What, what about what about you, Reese? What do you think of the sort of DCU as a, as a whole? I think they're uh, a group of films that are a variety of qualities. And it's usually... My overall opinions of the films are usually based on how I'm feeling when I'm watching them. So if I'm, you know, if, I, if I'm in a certain mood uh, and I watch, say, Wonder Woman, I might... I might react to it neg- more negatively than if it was a nice sunny day. Um, I'm a big fan of DC. Um, I think that they have a lot of really interesting heroes and villains, and I'm 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 still disappointed that we haven't seen that many villains in the DCEU. I think that's something that is what they, that that's something that they need more of if they're going to keep it fresh and interesting. Um, but yeah, they're a, they're a good set of films. I mean, they yeah, it, they're they're fun. They have some really good action, mostly, and I mean, how can you hate anything with Superman in it? Um, Easy. Yeah. <laughs> one one thing I do one thing I do think about the DCU is that it's like that they certainly didn't make anything forgettable. They made a bunch of films that there's a lot to say about each one. Like, oh, I a don't lot know. To say, <laughs> I don't remember um, much about Suicide so Squad. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. We, I think me and Sammy got a lot to say about that. We'll, but uh, we'll get to Suicide Squad. We'll start at the very beginning then. A film that I don't think any of us back in what was it twenty fourteen thought would spawn a whole cinematic twenty thirteen wow thought would spawn a cinematic universe that would take over Twitter. I just I just want but, to ask: um, Did anybody else see this in cinema? I did. I did. I, saw it I, saw it I watched it for cinema. the first um, time about two or three weeks ago. We we should specify for anyone that's for some reason listening to this podcast that hasn't watched these films, but we're talking about Man of Steel first. Ugh. Um, Zack Snyder's moody attempt on Superman. Um, it's not moody. It's a, it's a bit moody. It's not. It's fun. It's quite. He drowns in a sea of skulls. That's cool. That's moody. It's better than most Superman films. I'll give it that. Uh, hang on, just, I'm just counting. Yep. <laughs> it's better than definitely three of them, which is... Which, which out is... <laughs> I, I like Man of Steel. This is the DCU film I'm sort of most middling on because I think it's there's a lot I like about it. I really like Michael Shannon as Zod. I think he's he's very scenery chewing, and I always like scenery yeah. chewing. I think Henry Cavill yeah. is an excellent Superman. I think Charisma. it looks great. I think the action, even though there's sort of too much destruction in it, I think he's really cool because I think Superman's got a hard set of powers to do on screen. Yeah. Um, and I think in this one, you really feel like you're watching two yeah. really sort of god level powered beings punching each other around so I, I enjoy this film i just think there's very long stretches of it that get very dull and it includes the worst lois lane or whatever i uh i think so i'm i know reese quite likes it so reese will be your angel and i suppose i'll be the devil uh in this i'm not taking sides i'm just gonna say yeah, how i like feel. it so <laughs> that that's i i think it's uh, fun. i i really really didn't like this i think on paper, a lot of it sounds really cool, like seeing the destruction of Krypton, watching him raise... Uh, I, I do think Michael Shannon is definitely the standout uh, of this film. I find it weird that, as someone who's 
you know, born to be a military commander, is a military commander, has lots of experience, does get beaten by someone uh, who's not had any of that, although they've kind of got the same power set. Like, I know Superman has Yeah, but win. Superman's had longer having the powers. Yeah, but, like, whereas I feel like... Whereas Zod has just figured them out. And I like that Gemma Zod kind of gets to grips with the powers faster because he's got the sort of experience, the military yeah, it's, experience. Yeah, as I said, it's not... But a, Superman's had those powers this for isn't longer. Like, so I think it's a good way of making them feel balanced against each other. The film for me. What ruins it is that I watched this with my girlfriend and we were both on the same page with this and we were just... It did not end. It just kept going. It dragged... For me, like, I might appreciate this more on later viewings, but my review was not Man of Steel. It was Man Stole Over Two and a Half Hours of My Life, you know. My girlfriend fell asleep watching this, and when she woke up, and I was, she was like, what's happened? I was like, oh, they've smashed some buildings. And they were like, and they were like, she was like, what's happened? And I said, oh, she's, uh, they've smashed some more buildings. And she's like, so I didn't miss anything then. It's like, no. Um, if if people I, like this, I do feel like that a bit when I watch I, it, especially especially the middle act. It's just like, is this is this still happening? Like they're on the ship and then they're off the ship and then they're in Smallville and then they're not in Smallville. Then they're in Metropolis. Then they're in Smallville. Then they're on the ship. And it's well, like, my favorite on. bit of this is how is when you see it reframed in Batman versus Superman, which we'll talk about in a bit. Um, but I, it, if you like it, you know, well done. <laughs> um, but <laughs> well not done. not for me. Uh, some some good bits in there, but there are some so much stupid stuff like Superman faster than a speeding bullet, or you know just watch your father die, you know whatever. Well, that's a really dumb scene, and that feels like his dad's choice. And it's like even if Superman hadn't used his powers, that really buff guy in his twenties would have been the more understandable person to run in and get the dog anyway. I know, I know, <laughs> but it's just so stupid, isn't it? Should, yeah. yeah, maybe you should have let that that bus of kids drown. What? I... Are you like a psychopath? <laughs> yeah. No. I will say what? that Hem- Henry Cavill is the only live-action Superman to be defined by two ghost dads instead of one. Yeah. But the thing is with um, Jonathan Kent is that... He's a moron. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, the whole point... Well, the, the whole point in Superman is that he's got all these powers, right? And he can do anything. He can f- um, run faster than the train. He's stronger than everyone. He has to hide it. The train it. is a weirdly and... specific thing for but... you to go for. <laughs> well, no, that's, that's, well, that's what he... Out- that's yeah. why he out, outruns in Superman. Yeah, but that's what he outruns in the film Superman. But then he can't save his father from having a heart attack. So even though he's all powerful, he can't save everyone. That's meant to be a lesson. In yeah. this one, he can definitely save him. Like, just he wouldn't even know that you've moved. He can lift his hand up to p- push you, and he can he, to go. No, don't come to me. But he can move and so quickly that before he even realizes yeah, no, that no, he's no, lifted his hand, is that he'd already sort of been demonstrating his powers like across his life. So it wasn't like this is either I reveal myself and there's consequences for that, but I save my dad or I don't, and then there isn't. It was just sort of like yeah, but you saved all those kids when you were younger. Like they clearly remember because Lois, you know, goes backtracks it all and stuff. So like. But it's, it's, it's not just that about his parents, though. It's the fact that Superman's parents are supposed to be his moral compass. They're the thing that stops him becoming Brightburn. And they're such rubbish moral compasses. Like, we'll get to... Because I think Martha, Martha gets some um, bad moral compass scenes in BVS. But, like, in this film, Jonathan Kent, it's like you said, he's a total psycho. He won't let Superman save people. Um, I I didn't find the runtime of this. It's not a the problem. Runtime. It's how um, the film makes the runtime no, no, feel. <laughs> how stuffed it is. Yeah, but I didn't have a problem with that. Um, I really enjoyed the Krypton stuff because 
it just didn't feel lame as it usually does in the comics. Um, I think it looks really good. I think it's a good action thing. And I really like Russell Crowe as um, oh, uh, Jor-El. I, really like, yeah, I think Russell he's, Crow he's fantastic. fantastic. And I think all of his scenes, all of his scenes in the fortress with uh, Clark, I think are great. I, think I really like him. My favourite scenes in the film is when he's on um, Zod's ship and he's pointing oh, Lois. He's just pointing Lois. Yes. Go that way. Yeah. Go through that door. Watch out behind you. I thought that's also great. Um, yeah, that is really and great. I, I, I think... I'm I'm in favour that they skipped the child Superman stuff, or more well, they didn't do it as the start of the film. They sp- they split it yeah. across the film in flashback, so we could get more of the Krypton stuff. I don't need I mean, it as a child. Yeah, you said Michael Ch- Michael Shannon chewing scenery. I every every time he opened his mouth, I was in absolute hysterics because he's it's such a funny performance. It's the, just the, hysterical. The beard made me laugh um, so much as well, like that little square like chin thing he's got going yeah. oh cracked me up yeah you, you know that you know that michael shannon's gonna be a comedy villain when he gets sent to the phantom zone in a penis and it's weird i think i think this does a really good job even though it's subtle of splitting up clark and superman because there's not yeah. a lot of times where we don't see a lot of um clark kent at work but when we do I I I that I can yeah this disguise does work I can I can I've convinced Which I think myself is better, that better in BVS yeah that, that they because even though he's a massive buff yeah. guy he can still look like cowardly and slumped. Um, There's a scene where they don't separate it well in this film and that's when Superman lands at the farm and then the cop drops Lois Lane off and Lois runs up to Superman and goes Clark. It's like okay <laughs> so that cop knows that uh, then. Thank that's you. Fine. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I mean, identities clearly don't matter in this. Um. <laughs> I do feel that the scale, the scale, I, I do think the, the scale of the fights in this I found impressive, particularly with a lot of CGI flying around. I think it did well to not feel fake, but I did, and I, I like the way that it uses a lot of different perspective shots, shots on the ground level. It has a lot of that like handheld, like zoom in, zoom out sort of stuff. I, I quite enjoyed that, but I didn't, I didn't find the one-on-ones particularly engaging, just because. They were both indestructible. A lot of the time, these fights were happening with two people who were completely indestructible. And so I felt that a lot of the tension of, particularly the, the bits in Smallville, they lacked a lot of tension because I, I wasn't convinced yeah. anyone was actually getting hurt. Of course, that changes. When the satellite comes crashing down, that is hor- that is a horrifying scene because, you know, you see it in Batman v Superman. You watch it again here yeah. and it's like, oh, my God, that that is so destructive and the but building's not, coming that's down. That's points for I this think... film. That's points for BVS. No. no, but but, but, I, but I there are there are lots of bits with buildings slightly. falling down in this as well. The bits yeah. where Lawrence Fishburne is trying to dig people out of the rubble, yeah. and it's there's a completely yeah, hopeless nice feel about it. I thought in this film. that was that's really excellent. This is a movie as is BVS. It's improved by seeing what came after it. So I think having seen BVS and onwards, it's clear that Zack Snyder had a plan for these films, and I think it does improve them a bit for me going back to this because I think that the intent is there. Seeing. That there's a scene later on in yeah. uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League where Superman's walking through the ship and he's hearing all the things that his dad yeah. did say to him. I think it all pays off really well and I think it improves a lot of their stuff in the film. I think what doesn't help for Superman's case is that we don't get a lot of time for him to react to what happens. So I know that we're going to talk about Batman v Superman, but we don't, I, I'm not really sure the time frame between them. I don't really remember it's it. It's like a couple of years, isn't it? It's like two years or something. Yeah, but maybe like some content between it where, okay, Superman, he's got, okay, maybe I do cause, I did cause a lot of destruction, but I want to show that I tried my best there. 
maybe there had to be another villain come in to help improve that um, before we get Batman looking going, hmm, no, he's still a bad guy. I still want to kill him. There's a lot of scenes in this movie, though, that even though I, I do get bored at stretches of it because there's some bits that just feel like they do go on, I think there's a lot of scenes sprinkled throughout that are very good at building hype. Like when he first discovers the fortress and gets the suit and he's listening to Jarl's recording as he's going out and learning to fly and Jarl's telling yeah. about like the beacon of hope he'll become, I think it's an incredible scene. And then he flies off and he's zooming through the skies and he's smiling and laughing. It's like, yeah, see, Henry Cavill's not the moody Superman everyone thinks. Yeah, no, I did get that from watching it. Like he didn't come across as like some moody sort of angsty guy. It just... And I think he's well cast, but it is still my least favourite version of his Superman in these films. Um, and it's my least favourite DC film. Like, I'm, I'm not... I, you, it, I'd be hard-pressed to watch this again. I just I just think that he's got enough charisma in this to carry whatever scene he's I in. Um, he's yeah. got that He's got that slight smile charm to him. And I, he does have some really funny moments. Um, I do like... <laughs> I do like yeah and when he's in the when he breaks the um handcuffs and he's looking I can see I can see you through the mirror like yeah. I, I do like I do like that we establish that he's a hero from the beginning even though we get all these like ridiculous moral lessons cuz yeah he's he's like oh shit that oil rig is burning I better go and save everyone and you know I'm not it takes a while for Superman to... It even takes Superman to find the fortress, usually, for him to, like, go, no, I'm going to go and save people. Like, although, apart from Smallville, one obviously. One of my favourite bits... <laughs> comes out the womb, I'm going to save people. One of people. my um... favourite bits of this film uh, was right at the end, and not just because it ended, like, immediately after this, although that was also a bonus, but it's where Lois looks up at him, um, and it's just like, welcome to the planet. And I thought that was, like, a really nice, sort of clever, witty line. Um, yeah, so, yeah, and I really liked that one line, and then it ended, and I was like, "Oh, thank God, <laughs> the, the credits." <laughs> um, yeah, there's, there's, there's not. It's not without like its shining moments, but for me, all the stuff in between just doesn't make it worth it for me. I, I'm, I'm the opposite. I think it's a pretty slow one, but it's got so many shining standout moments, and I think Michael Shannon and Henry Cavill are so excellent that yeah. it, it's got so much that stands up for me, and I, I just look, I like the way that Zack Snyder sort of shoots films and everything, that it, it elevates the movie a lot for me, even through the boring stretches. And again, it suffers from not having... not letting Superman do more after this, because even in Batman v Superman, he gets... what I, I He doesn't get that many lines, does he? It, particularly in the not-ultimate well, cut. I was going to say, yeah, in act... the non-ultimate cut, they cut almost all the and even in the justice league he shows up at the end yeah, and it's just like he's dead the battery man. <laughs> yeah exactly and that's what i'm saying we haven't been given a lot of time with superman yet. yeah yeah which is why i was really hoping we'd get more cavalry and you know all we've seen him so far is okay he can punch people but there's a side to superman superman's meant to be just a bit yeah he's he's got wit about him he can work stuff out he, t- he, he doesn't just try and punch his way through everything I haven't seen a lot of development in this character from where, particularly after this film, and even in this film, you know, he start again. I, I, although I, I like his performance and I think he's funny throughout uh, in a lot of scenes. That he, his character doesn't really change over this film, and I think that's a really key issue. But again, I like the action in it. I think the, the effects are done well. Um, I enjoyed it. Yeah, let's let's talk about BVS then, because I I will say as we start talking about BVS, I want to say we're talking. 
fully about the Ultimate Edition because there's no point talking about the one that was released originally because yeah. why would you talk about a film that's missing sucked. the most important half hour of content that was in it? The actual cut sucked a lot. Ultimate Edition, I think me and Sammy are both huge fans of. Um, and it's one that took me a few watches to become a huge fan. And um, but but I, didn't I, take I, me I, a few am, watches. <laughs> uh, but I think... I think I even like it a little bit more than you because I just don't hate Lex as much. Well, I, I don't hate Lex. I used to hate Lex, but he's grown on me. Um, I think he's... I think some of the some of the aspects of the performance I, I really don't like. The... <laughs> like, the film wouldn't be three and a half hours if he would just say one line of dialogue straight in a row. Um, but I think the... I think the... Some of the characteristics of him, and I think the way they handle his plan and stuff, I, well, I like. So I don't what, hate. I think like despise the character. Where I ended up on him was like I really like the content. It's just sort of like the delivery that I'm not sold on, which is weird because yeah, I really delivery. like. Just but I think when when that character showed up again, when that character showed up again for like a few lines, yeah. I liked him a lot more. So it's clear that the, the potential was there. Um, yeah, I, I love a lot of the film. I think it's a bit too long. I think the plot is a bit too convoluted, and I think Lex's delivery could be better. And I think the design oh, of also the MetaHuman hard drive. Other than that, I really love it. By the way, here's the Justice League trailer in eight second clips. <laughs> yeah. Also, well, yeah. There's two. There's two scenes in the movie that are aggressively dumb, and it's that. Martha, um, why did you say that name? <laughs> <Mother>! <laughs> um, DC created their first two superheroes in the 30s and called both their mums Martha. Yeah, but just before that, he does the best thing, and that is he literally. Um, he literally knocks him out with a kitchen sink. That's how much yep. Batman throws at Superman. He Everything and the kitchen sink. I just want to say why I struggle with Lex. I, I still don't get why he wants to kill Superman. Because it's like a... It's, he's got like a god complex. Yeah. The fact that he just doesn't think... like It's almost philosophically he doesn't think Superman can or should exist. Yeah. So he's trying to prove that he can... And it's basically beat God. It's like he's talking about with the painting, isn't it? That it's like we should turn the painting upside down because the devils don't come from the hells, they come from the skies above. So it's like he just thinks that people like that shouldn't exist. So I remember just watching it all the way through, and it's not just his performance, which is, I mean, it's laughable at times, but I'm just struggling, like, couldn't understand why he wanted Superman dead. And if he wanted Superman dead, he had kryptonite for, for so long. He could have just killed him. It's It's... And then, in order to beat one god, he build he rebirths another god of the same type. So what's going to happen? Is he going to kill Superman? Well, what then? Point, How is he going to deal with Doomsday? Head, hasn't he? Because the second he's integrated with the ship, he's got Steppenwolf in his head, um, so, corrupting yeah. him. I just really struggle as we've, with... as we've now learned now that we've got the actual explanation. But you know, for I, that, so, not... so I just really struggle with. I'm watching it, and it's and and I wish. Like, it wasn't so linked to the plot, because everything about this film is about how uh, how Lex is manipulating these two characters. But I just find his initial motivations really weak. And again, every time he's on on screen, I find I, him really irritating. I, I love the actual manipulation, though, throughout, because I think it's I think it's really well explained, especially in the ultimate cut where you get Batman investigating Superman. And well, I think that's very Clark, impressive. And you get Clark investigating Batman. I think the way it explains both their motivations to lead to the fight is really good. He works for me on another level as well because Batman has the same sort of motivation. Batman's more going for like a practical thing and he's going for more of like a sort of philosophical um, 
god complex sort of thing but they're both kind of going people this level sort of we can't really allow them to live so why does lex make another one of that Um, level if that's the case because by that point um he's got kind of driving him crazy and trying to kill superman at all costs so they can come and invade the planet in justice league which is explained in the real justice league movie it's explained in justice league but anyway um we'll move on from next i think just to sort of segment this conversation up a bit otherwise we might be a bit all over the place um and i've got like a list of things that we could broadly talk about um so we'll start on batfleck well, I say start. Let's we'll start. Move on to we'll move on to Batfleck. Yeah, because he's the best part of the movie, and everyone thought he would be the worst. So, like Ben Affleck as Batman. It's like, no, it turns out he's the coolest. He has the second. He has my second favorite DC moment in this, where he just is just like, "Do you bleed?" That's like such a great delivery and threatening, and I love that he just comes around the corner in his Batmobile, and Superman is just like standing. <laughs> standing oh, that—that's one of my favorite um, scenes in the movie. Just when he comes around the corner. Like, you don't know what's going to happen because you've been in a different action scene. Bounces off him. Batman just stands up threateningly in front of him. Next time they shine your light in the sky, don't go to it. Tell me, do you bleed? That is such a cool scene. And he delivers it so well. Yeah. So good. He's so so cool. He's so cool. He's the best Batman. He is. I do love his motivations in this film. And they're very clear from the start. Like, oh shit. Another one of the best scenes is his first one in Metropolis. And then, yeah, and he's running through, and then there's, like, the girl's like, right, where's where's your parents, girl? And she points up, like, ah, okay. Points up at the building, and you're panning up, and you're like, oh, there's going to be a building there. It's like, oh, no. And then I really do believe that when he goes to Alfred, listen, if there's even a 1% chance that this guy turns evil, then we have to take it as an absolute. I, do, I don't like the execution of the way, but I do like the way that in the end he goes, oh, no, this, this guy isn't a bad guy. He, I mean, he's lived here for how long, and so and so. He's, yeah, he's a human. Well, the execution is the Martha scene, isn't it? And I think if yeah. I love the <laughs> motivation behind the scene, and if they'd written that scene better, I think the whole film would have hit better for a yeah. lot of people. It's just a bad execution of a great like, like concept. Yeah. It's just basically because it like, also oh, builds because wanna... that justifies us having to see Batman's origin again. Because <laughs> the last thing his dad said was Martha. Yeah, but, but like that then doesn't pay off because the execution turns out not to work. It's just disappointing because it's so well built up. This anger that Batman has towards Superman without even meeting him. He's only met him once, or twice, well, twice by that time. And, and it's just like, okay, I really get it. He, this this is a Batman who's been through the works. He's had yeah. dead Robins. He's fought the Joker countless times. Who knows how many villains this Batman has fought? Probably all of them. He's probably lost a lot of people. He has a clear resentment towards people with quirks. And then he gets to the point, he's like, he's about to kill him. This is what he, he's meant to do in the film. And the way that is resolved is just like, oh. is that it? But if, I, I think it's not just the, the way that Batman has explained this time around that's great. It's like, you, they get every aspect of Batman right this time. He's got all the gadgets. The costume is intimidating. You feel him physically intimidating. He works as the a Batman costume, and oh, a it's the best Wayne. suit. It's he's so got good. loads of gadgets. And we actually see him do detective work in this one which Batman is the world's greatest detective and there's only one other Batman film where we see detective work and it's the terrible brick scene in Dark Knight. And in this one, we actually get to see him being, being a detective a lot. And I get that's a bit ruined when he spends the whole film searching for, I think, the White Russian, whatever it's called, then he ends up Googling it and it's a boat. But at least we still get to see him do detective stuff. And I really like other aspects to him as well, like that scene where he, the cops are investigating the, the house and he's just like clinging to the ceiling 
and I really, I really like that he's branding. Like I know people are very hit and miss on the branding, but I like that he's in this really dark place. You know, he's been fighting in Gotham for twenty years. You know, he's going to be a lot more nihilistic. And I like that by um, Justice League, or at least Snyder's one, he sort of like has this sort of really hopeful um, upturn in sort of. It's really nice. Uh, I also really like the voice modulator he's got in his helmet. I think. Yeah, it's a lot better That's than the like really gravel. Clever. I like that you've mentioned that, Sammy. Because I don't know what you're talking. About. I like that you mentioned that, Sammy, because what really stands out to this Batman, to what you don't see a lot is that this is a very emotional Batman, particularly at the start. And but and then I love the fact that the moment he stops becoming emotional, when he stops th- going, I want to kill this guy, and then he realises he's human, he's like, okay, now that you're on my side, I can use you to good advantage. Go and kill that monster over there. You're very useful. I'll deal with you. I'll deal with you, mum. I'm cold and calculated again now. And that... and He sees more of Clark's humanity inside as a hero when... He sees him risking everything to fight Doomsday at the end. I think. Yeah. Um, it's well, what's what stood out to me about him, um, especially watching the Ultimate Edition specifically, is uh, obviously a couple of months ago now we got the teaser trailer for the Batman, the Matt Reeves one, um, and everyone was excited. They're like, "Oh, when he says I'm vengeance," and everyone was like, "Oh, people, are, I'm really looking forward to seeing a Batman who's like very openly honest and sort of brutal and stuff." And I'm like, "We've had that in." in one of the best Batman films, like... This one. Yeah, in this one. Uh, it's 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 great. And also, he's the uh, only Batman really in like... with great action. Yeah, the warehouse... Well, all of his action... Actually, all of his action is yeah. great. Um, but Straight out of uh, The warehouse... Live action, he's got the best action of any Batman. It feels like you're watching an Arkham game. I, I do agree. I mean, and it's like... It's properly like... Um, do you know when he chucks the box of that guy? It's like, if you had coffee in your mouth, you're... You spit your coffee at Jesus Christ, wasn't he? Yeah, he's, and he punched he's, the he's guy a massive the intimidating Batman. He's using his martial arts and he's using his gadgets. And he's got the second best on screen, Alfred, behind uh Sean Poetry. Yeah. Uh I yeah, the one the one thing I'm less keen on, and it doesn't ruin the film by any means. Um I just don't like how fine he is about killing people. Like I know you you're gonna say that in most Batman films he kills people. Yeah, he does. But, um that at least they're at least they're pretending that they don't, or they kind of chalk it up to circumstance. Whereas in this, he's literally like blowing up trucks with people. I think stuff. though that um, more than any Batman film, this is one that justifies why he does because yeah. he's clearly just hit that yeah. point because he's become jaded by being Batman for so long. And I think by the time Zack Snyder's Justice League rolls around, and we get the sense that he doesn't do that anymore, you get the sense that this is a Superman who's had this is a Batman who's been doing it for so long. That it sort of He's ruined all hope, his faith and hope. Still doing but when it. he gets it back after meeting Superman, yeah, he starts it's why again. he doesn't brand yeah. Um, Lex at yeah. the end of the film. Yeah. So I, as I said, it doesn't ruin it for me by any means. It just seems yeah. a little. It's, just, it's explained too well, heavy-handed. Um, but should we quickly just because we've been talking about this film for ages already? <laughs> we've we've done. Yeah, Lex we knew we knew that would happen. That was why we did very um, few films in this episode. Superman, T- Mike, do you wanna do you wanna kick off? Yeah, Henry Cavill. Yeah, he's again. It's like you said, Reese Man of Steel. That I think he gets better every time we see him, and I think he's great yeah. in this. And I think he's a bit moodier in this than Man of Steel, but he's still got the little quirks. He still has the smiles. I love when he approaches Lex in the ship after they already think they've won. Um, and he's been a bit jokey with like, ah, we beat you. Um, but I think like he's justified well in this. And I think in the theatrical, where you just didn't, they cut so much of him out that it didn't make much sense. This was a version of Superman that I was annoyed at. So I was like, why isn't he saving people? Why is there an explosion at the courthouse? He's not doing anything to stop it. But then in the ultimate, we see that that explosion, the man didn't know it was going to happen. 
So he wasn't a, just some terrorist. He was a more sympathetic character. The wheelchair was lead, which we find out. So Superman didn't know that it was going to explode. And then he stays behind to help people. So it's like, immediately, this is a Superman that is just saving people. On the topic of him, uh, um, like his broodiness, yes, people are debating whether you should even be on the planet and you've lived here your entire life. So like, why wouldn't you second guess yourself? I, I'm completely fine for this introspective take on Superman, especially following the um the sort of the carnage of Man of Steel. And even like... though people are debating whether or not he should even exist, he never stops saving people. He just keeps doing it. He stays the hero. And he's the one that at the end, when he reaches that fight with Batman, Batman wants to fight him, but he say, No, Bruce, stop. We gotta talk about this. We've seen in Man of Steel that he has the yeah, again, he has charisma and when he starts talking and when you don't when he when you when you don't treat him as an alien, he's quite easy to understand and get along with and it's like it's like you know, the, i said the bit with the mirror and in this film uh, but in this film he's like all that every single time something's about to happen he's a second away from finally getting to open his mouth and explain himself no i'm a citizen oh no a wheelchair's exploded oh no yeah. uh, uh the load of terrorists are having a go oh no my statue's been uh uh spray painted oh no i've been stabbed oh no my mother's dying he gets a hard time in this film and i still think that henry cavill's great I, Henry Cavill I, is amazing. One of my favourite scenes in the movie is Lex bringing him to his knees on the on the rooftop. I and I really like cool. him brooding. And it's yeah. a shame we don't get to see him more brooding. Like, give me another film with him brooding. You want to give him the black suit, make him angry. Make him lose his flight, make him lose his strength. And let, let's have proper moody Superman. Come on. But this is a <laughs> Superman that, like, was just straight away, this is his second film. And yeah, he's willing to sacrifice himself because it seems like the best way and it i think he does it well also this is a film where we get to see superman discover kryptonite for the first time and i think it has it has a really good impact well should we should we talk about the 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 batman versus superman yeah because it's the coolest not the 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 climax but the bat of gotham and the son of krypton yeah it's an Uh, awesome fight it's really cool (laughs) and i think they justify well this is just a rich man in a suit but yeah here's why he can take superman down and i think batman was the right winner as well but you never you don't know who's going to win until the end i feel which is what the best versus films do Isn't he, he's punching him punching punching and then he's he's and not then it starts, moving his yeah, head anymore off. he's like my turn rub his hands together all right smash smash bang 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 kitchen sink even in you're that fight, out superman's doing the little smiles and things well i really like um how varied it is like it's not he's not like just shooting like kryptonite shards at him or anything like there's the the gas and the electrical um zappy stuff and then they're like there's a bit of hand-to-hand stuff and then he starts regaining his strength so he has to like pop another it feels like a boss battle where you have to like you know keep dazing the enemy and we get that we get that awesome montage beforehand where batman's just working out as hard as he can and making all the gadgets and things so that he can go into this fight and it's even and i get that those are films that do pad the runtime but it seems like that that i like is really seeing like this is a batman that his whole thing is preparation and being just the absolute peak he can be i think you need that out of batman yeah and it's like batman and superman is such a weird um relationship because one's always very skeptical of the other but he trusts. But it's a, it's 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 a it's always a relationship built on trust, right? You're not going to attack yeah. me. I'm not going to try and kill you. Let's save the world. And it's and you know the, the, the one of the shames of him dying is that at the end is that we don't get a lot of time with them 
after the fight. So Batman's just spent Storm Snyder first. Yeah, yeah. Batman's just spent twenty minutes punching the the shit out of Superman. I mean, what about like a little scene at the end where? Oh, I know he like pays off his family at the end. But it's just like, oh, go on, Superman, just just one punch. Go on, just get it, get 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 your lick back in. Like, oh, yeah. they're, they're, I think we're missing a bit of a sort of buddy, of like, buddy relationship. Um, it's the scene. It's the scene in Avengers where Hulk just like smashes Thor. Yeah, yeah. And then that, that sort of thing, and that um, that's fine. No, just like a like like just something little, just like flick him like really hard. Like, ah, my God, break it. <laughs> it's just... uh, we we've already talked about the Martha scene, so should we talk about the Doomsday battle? Yeah, I think the Doomsday fight is cool. I think it's a cool battle, and I think it immediately puts Wonder Woman in as, yeah, she can hold her own, uh, who's great in this, um, but I don't like his design. No, the aesthetic is a bit too Zack Snyder, <laughs> if you know what I mean. It's a bit too grey, spiky, emo for sort of, kind of But he doesn't reasons, even have spikes also... at first. He's just a smooth grey blob. Um, yeah, I really, I really like it. Um, obviously Batman's got a gun in it, but he's using it to fire <laughs> kryptonite at the Krypton. Like. And grapple away. It's also, I think the only time, the only time we will ever get on film, the, uh, aspect of, yes, Kryptonians are also weak to magic because Wonder Woman is just destroying Doomsday with that sword. And I, yeah, I really like in the Ultimate Edition where you have Batman zipping around yeah. with his grappling hook. You know, it's just like grappling well, between all that the was in buildings. The original He's too. got the, the swoosh. I'm, I'm, I'm still not sure about Wonder Woman's inclusion in the film. I really like it. I love her rolling her eyes at Lex while he's saying fake things about um, Greek gods. And she's just rolling her eyes at it because she knows the truth because she's one I of them. I really like that she's, she's already here. She's already investigating Lex and Batman's still just like... Uh, I wonder yeah. who's behind this. Yeah. Didn't she nick his car? Or she's, something? she's like, did that happen? Yeah, she nicked yeah, his car. Yeah, she's like, yeah, she's like, she steals his car. She's she's another thing that adds to something this film does really well, and that's making it feel like we've already been thrown into what's already a fleshed out DC universe that already exists. Because Man of Steel, we feel like we're seeing the start of it, but in this, you get the idea that yeah, Batman's been here for twenty years, Wonder Woman's around, there's bad guys already. There's where the difference is between this and something like Avengers. Obviously, they had. So the Avengers was more like, we're going to build up to it. And this is like, the world is there. We're going to start like, you know, like halfway through sort of thing. There's one more thing I I want to say about this film before we move on. And that's that I'm just, I'm kind of glad it exists. I'm kind of glad we got this weird experimental three and a half hour political thriller where the main characters happen to be Batman and Superman. I think it's just really cool that that exists. I really like because I really Tinker Taylor's one of my favourite and it puts to mind that but with as you said these sort of super powered characters so obviously it's going to end in like a big brawl but people complain and I'm like okay yeah but that's just because you don't like political thrillers not because it's a bad film yeah but this film because it's got that sort of thriller aspect it grows every time you watch it because every time you watch it and you see where all the different sort of jigsaw pieces slot into it and see Lex's plan unfolding the first time you watch it, it can feel a bit messy, but every time you watch it when you know more and more of the plan, and seeing it all slot into place and come together means that this is a film that holds up really well on rewatches. Um, but Su- Su- Suicide Squad, it's, a, it's certainly a movie. It's certainly a terrible, terrible time. <laughs> it it's had a trailer. Cringy, and it has... And it's, it had a trailer, and then that trailer ended up influencing the way that the entire movie got reshot and released. Then it turned out terrible and cringy and awful and so painfully written. And it's just got the worst villain in the DC. Do you know? Do you know what <laughs> I remember so the bad. most? Do you know what I remember the most about this from from when I saw it in cinema? 
I was watching. So of course it had the trailers before, and one of the trailers had the house, the House of the Rising Sun, like yep. as its trailer. And then we started the film, and the House of the Rising Sun started again, and yep. that started the problems with me. I think that this is one of the worst soundtracks I've ever heard in a film ever. The the musical cues are absolutely out of place and appalling. It's a good collection of songs. Yeah. But that doesn't make it a good soundtrack. It's a None of them soundtrack. fit. Because within the first five minutes of the movie, you've had five songs and none of them fit. They're all just, ooh, Guardians of the Galaxy was fun and had songs. I like this. This is worse than Man of Steel, but for me, I would rather watch this because uh, I can laugh at this film. Uh, and also, I don't... For me, this has what Mike said in um, Man of Steel where there's lots of tiny interactions here and there that really kind of get me through the film so lines just like harley talking to deadshot about love and then she's like her classic sociopath you know like little things like that that are like oh yeah because she used to be psychiatrist at arkham um they really get me through the film even if there are only two good characters in this film yeah i used to think that this was a movie that was terrible but i could have fun with it and every time i've watched it it's just got more and more painful and this time i struggled so hard to get through it i think it looks awful it's edited painfully the pacing is awful it starts off so like manic it starts off so manic, then they get to the city and nothing happens it's not connected together and it's definitely clear that the reason none of it makes sense is because there's a different movie hiding in here that was supposed to be here and then trailer footage got slotted in randomly well, it feels as if it feels as if like the scenes are put in the wrong order as well. It does, yeah. Like, there, there are motivations that like there there are there are scenes somewhere in the middle where a certain character says something, but that's already been resolved like twenty minutes earlier. Yeah. And like Captain Boomerang runs away after the pub scene, which is the best scene in this movie. That makes complete sense for his character because yeah, he just he's in the oh, man. He's, back and he's part of the team again. So it's like, what's this about? Yeah, okay, I think we do need to go character by character because I, I well, can't can even I, Can think... I just say something generally about the, <clears throat> inverted commas, plot? Um, I My main problem with it is why do you need to send the Suicide Squad? Like, why couldn't you send the army? Like, the whole point for me of the Suicide Squad is that if if it goes, if the mission goes wrong, you can literally point at them and go, oh, that was these guys acting of their own accord. So you send them into, like, China to go in... You, you go, oh, China are experimenting with metahumans. We're going to send you in to go and, like, destroy their facility. But it's it's weird, because it's actually really unclear in this movie what their mission is, because it feels like they're going to stop so, Enchantress, but no, they're not. So their mission they're going is... in to rescue Amanda Waller. Yeah. Then they decide to defeat Enchantress by themselves, because this movie keeps telling you the characters are the villains, but it doesn't think but, yeah, they sorry, are. But, yeah, sorry, that was my, <laughs> that was my, my core problem, but... um. Before we, I have another core problem before we talk about characters, and that's that this is the Suicide Squad, two die, and one of the only and only one of them was sort of and like, only one is the head bomb. One of them is a sacrifice, even though uh, uh, there's too many. What, there's what too many I, not for, characters. For, for, for the, the characters, problem. I will go. I will go through the IMDb page, and I'll just do each character in the order they're listed on there. That's actually an important character. Oh, I'm gonna guess. And I'm we, gonna we, guess we'll who's talk about them that way. is the first one. Will Smith. Uh, certainly is. So should we start? Deadshot. Will Smith, okay. Deadshot. Who's? Can I? Can I kick it off? Because I, I think. Yeah, sure. I think Deadshot is a poorly written character. I just think Will Smith is inherently yeah. charismatic. It's, I don't think he's. It's a Will good Smith's character. charisma that saves him. Well, it's he's not one even of the highlights of the movie for me. 
He's constantly... He's, he's, he's not <laughs> saved. It's just... He's, he's not bad. He's the he's worst a... example in the film of flip-flop between hero and villain. They can't make it up for him. But Will Smith is so good and so charismatic, even when he's just being Will Smith. I do really like... He's one of the highlights of the movie. The um, the full costume with like the mask and everything. I think it's a really yeah. good adaptation of the uh, Deadshot like, style. Um, but he's he's like, oh, my dream is to kill the bat. It's like, no, it's not. You want to be no, with not. your daughter. That's what are you never talking about? Oh, you want to be with your daughter. I do like his stuff with his daughter, though. Um, I, I think the the scene where Batman takes him out, he's like, you don't want to do this in front of your daughter. I think all of that, again, helps towards making this feel like an already full DC universe. But it doesn't fit. It's, it's inconsistent. But it doesn't fit. Yeah, yeah it's good. It's and he, I think because he... there's two movies here. He also has my favourite moment of the f- moment of the film, which is him stood on top of the car, just shooting the f- out of absolutely everything. <laughs> I think that's a pretty cool scene. There's a lot of comedy bits in quotation marks in this film, and he gets one of the best for me as well. And that's when he's just done with the shooting, and he gives his list of demands to um to chicken chomping exposition man. Um, and then they're actually to Warlock. I think that's a really good bit there. I think he also justifies his place on the team. Yeah, out of. M- out, out, of the ma- of out of actually all the t- out of all of them, I think he's yeah he makes the most sense that he's going to be on a team yeah. that's yeah. D- designed to take people out. Yeah. Um, well, you get the sense that he can play. You that you get the sense that he can work with other people. Um, but what's the, the best scenes in this film for me are the <laughs> the the flashback Batman scenes. <laughs> um, yeah. Like with and Batman the one flashback hunting flash them all down and stuff. That I really like as well. Um, should we move on to the next character on this list? Is then? it, Who's is it Margot like Robbie? Go. It's certainly not. This is what oh. I'd like to go first. Rick Flag. I despise them. No, it's Jared Leto's the Joker. What? He's second. I hate. I hate this character so much. In both his appearances, he's terrible in completely different ways. He looks awful. The performance is really inconsistent. Jared Leto just sucks in general. Um, he he. Every scene he's got in this movie, he's acting it completely differently, and I don't like any of them. And the extended cut, the extended cut adds more of him. Like when he does that weird Jim Carrey bit where he's all like this hunter mar honk honk honk. It's like, what are you doing, Jared? Shut up. I, okay, can I, can I talk about Jared Letter's Joker for a little bit? Because I... No. <laughs> uh, I, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to say right up top, my least favourite Joker. Okay, I'm going to say that right up top. But also, I don't hate him. I just think he's bad. Uh, but not worse. Great. Um, I I quite like the aesthetic broadly. Uh, I think the scene in the nightclub is oh that Oscar winning aesthetic. What does he have tattooed on his um, head? Damaged. Um, damaged. Damaged. Is he rebelling oh, against Gotham um, or his mum? <laughs> um, I yeah the scene in the nightclub I I, I think it's stupid. But I, the flashback stuff with Harley I really like how he's characterised there. Um, I like the silver jacket that he gets in one of the flashbacks. I I quite like him, apart from one line. I really like him in Snyder's honk, Justice honk, League. Honk. Um, <laughs> so like, uh, I like I kind of like what he's going for. I just think it's a bit too. <laughs> it's too far. He needs Shit. to just rein it in <laughs> a little much. bit and learn how yeah. to laugh. Um, so, yeah. I think he doesn't need to rein it in. I think he needs to be recast. <laughs> I think he needs to go. I think, yeah, I think they will. Jared, not... just put Jared you are not the Joker. Do not send your he... castmates the no your castmates horrible things Sammy. in the post. Not that no, is oh, awful. Yeah, okay, yeah, no. Um, yeah, no, not a great person, but I don't. 
mind to its take. God, okay. Let's, I let's hated him in Blade into... Runner. Yeah, I just like, why Blade have Runner. you shown up here? Did you know he put actual blind contents in so he could be blind on set? <laughs> why don't you just close his eyes? Yeah, why don't you close your eyes, Jared? <laughs> or just see. <laughs> it's fine. Should we move on to the actual, actual best character in the movie? Harleen Quinzel. Yeah, Harley Quinn. Uh, something I think she's great. Done better in later films, but still great here. Yeah, but I think my yeah. I don't still, think she again, fits in the she, film at all. She suffers but from she's inconsistency. Great. She has no place on the team, but she's actually funny, which a lot of the comedy in the film isn't. Margot Robbie looks and plays the part really well, yeah. and you can tell that the film knows she's the best bit because they lean on her too much. Well, she was supposed to have a scene at the end, because in the original trailer you have that shot of Jared Leto with the burnt face, so he was going to come out of his helicopter crash and be like, Harley, come on, let's go. And then she was going to make the choice between him and the team to stop Enchantress. Um, so you can see the intents there, but they've like edited around it, so it, sort of, it throws it a little bit for me. Like She's still great, um, but she has that, we're bad guys. It's what we do. It's what we do. It's a really bad line. <laughs> I have three issues with Harley Quinn in this. She film. ruined Halloween. Firstly, I think that her... year. <laughs> no, no, yeah, yeah, no. Firstly, I think her costume is too. I, it's too... it's unnecessary. Yeah, it's, it's too. Yeah, it's too much. Especially seeing as they CGI shortened her shorts as well. Second, she doesn't have any chemistry with the rest of the cast. She's no. an outlier. And I'm not surprised that the, for, for a lot of it, yeah. they just got her on her own. Because she's fantastic yeah. on her own. And I like the fact that we got a good... She's got a really good backstory. There's um, a scene and it's really well done. Cut where all the characters are walking down the street and Harley goes to them all one by one with an attempt to annoy them. And every character that she interacts with in that scene, except for Deadshot, I just think... None of this cast worked together. The, at all. the last thing I have an issue with, and it's the same with Captain Boomerang, they're the two characters who I have no idea why they're actually on the team. Yeah. Because you look at the state that Harley Quinn is in in her cell, she's not stable. She can't be part of a team. So there is no reason why. Via, yeah, um, because she can whack people with a baseball bat or a mallet doesn't mean. Yeah, exactly. She has no particular skill. It's like the same with Captain Boomerang. He has a boomerang well, with a camera that's a drone. A is that they just don't make sense. Well, this is well, so no, I think, any of them. I think the others do justify their place on it, but her and Captain Slip- Boomerang no, don't. No, Slipknot doesn't. No, okay, doesn't. okay, Slipknot doesn't. Um, but I, okay. Diablo, yeah, he's Katana, powerful. Katana Enchantress, doesn't. yeah. I mean, she's, she's really good with the sword. Yeah, but that's cool. But we'll, we'll fine, get to those characters when we reach those characters. Again, I agree with you two that I like Harley Quinn. I don't like her in this film because she just no, doesn't I think fit. She's she's a lot better in Birds of Prey. And she actually keeps her development from this film slightly, which is maybe I don't want to be a full bad guy anymore. Um, so, yeah. I and I really like really Margot Robbie. And I'm glad we got a better film with her later. And yeah, Margot, and I think you Margot couldn't have cast anyone great. better than Margot Robbie as, as Harley Quinn. Uh, we'll move on then to the another of the best characters in this movie who we need to see used well because they're used terribly here. And that's um, Viola Davis as Amanda Waller, who's pre- pretty cool, pretty cool, but she's too evil. She's more evil than the evil people in this movie. Like when she shoots all the FBI agents, it's like, what are you doing? Well, my problem with that scene is not that she did it, it's that Rick Flagg, who spent the entire time calling Deadshot out for being this assassin, does not call her out for mercilessly executing people. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Can we check Rick Flagg into this as well? Because they're, they're no. intrinsically linked. That scene where they go and recover and then she kills everyone in the room. Rick Flagg is stood there. Firstly, she's got my wife slash girlfriend slash fiance hostage. And now she's murdered everyone in the room. And she's endangered the entire mission just to save her ass. Rick Flagg, go and arrest her ass. There's a little change I'd make to her in this movie. And it's, 
it changes it from the comic side. So understand you've got to have the bombs in the head. But she says in her first scene with um, Chief Hopper from Stranger Things, she says, making people act against their own self-interest is what I do for a living. And you see that the reason, the way she manages to trick Enchantress is by keeping the heart hostage. But the way she gets every other member of the team is a bomb in the head. And I get the bomb in the head is so you can have them be the suicide squad, but they don't end up using that anyway. So I think it would have been cool to see maybe her manipulating the team in little ways with parts of their characters. And that could have, yeah, that could have added more character well, what to each character. So basically, then. you want basically what she does to Rick, where she's like, um, you know, I'm going to make you fall in love with this person that I've got under my control. Therefore, you're under my control. And just by having her do that, having her do that to everyone in the team would give everyone in the team more character. Like, imagine if she said, Slipknot, if you betray us, we'll put you in a room with nothing to climb. <laughs> Think of what that would do to him. Um, well, or, you know, you say, you, go, you say to Deadshot, you know, like, you don't have to do it, but I'll make sure you never see your daughter again. Um, yeah. But I, what I, 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 broad, I really like Viola Davis as Waller, and I think she's really good in it. It's just, uh, I, had a, I had a thing for this, but I've, uh, oh yeah, the relationship she has with Rick Flagg, where he's like, "Oh, people warned me about you," and she's like, "And he's like, I didn't believe him." He's like, "Yeah, no one does." But later on, he's so pro saving her, even though clearly there's like this antagonistic sort of like intent between their relationship, and they never get into it because um, they couldn't be there's, bothered. There's an, yeah, there's another issue there, and that's that Rick Flagg is the most nothing character ever put on the silver screen. He's so boring. <laughs> I don't know if it's the end or a post credits, um, but where she's talking with Bruce and then she's like, "You need to stop working nights." I'm like, "Oh, Viola Davies, you could beat up Batman." <laughs> like that delivery. Batman, is you need to really arrest good. Amanda Waller. She's killed a lot yeah, of people. Yeah, she's killed a lot of people. She shot three FBI agents. Her and Rick Flagg are characters with potential that maybe you should give them to like a good filmmaker, like James like, Gunn, um, James Gunn, or someone like that. Um, just because he's so boring, he's his whole point. It's to scream. Her heart's out. We can end this. He <laughs> like, he's just—he's really boring, isn't he? Maybe give me a yellow T-shirt. <laughs> but it's just like with Bugs I, Bunny I, I, on I, it, right? Hey, thing, like, I, I do think that this film has ten minutes that I like. T- ten, like ten consistent minutes I like, and it's the when they go from the bar scene and then they go to the start of the fight, and I think even and you just get like Rick Flag a bit more vulnerable. With surrounded by these characters, and they start to support him, and there's just a little bit of like, okay, I can see what they were trying to do. It's just that they made it so boring. There's a scene in that where he goes back and explains a bit in earlier earlier in the film, and it's one of those scenes where they try and show you a scene from earlier in the film, but with more context, and it doesn't work here because it's the scene oh, where he goes bomb. into the basement with the bomb with Enchantress. Oh yeah, and the I, reason no, they give no it idea what's going on isn't because they show us more. It's just because earlier. They just ignore that scene happen. They show us like the first two minutes of it, then cut it early, and then don't acknowledge it for the rest of the film. So like, you're not giving us more context. It's just you didn't give us enough context before. So this makes no sense now. <laughs> boring, boring man. Who's next? Uh, the other best character in the movie. Who, uh, oh yay! Captain Boomerang somehow. Well, yeah. Oh, he's, uh, he's really fun, isn't he? Uh, what, he, Can, he there's has... one thing that's so ridiculous about his character, and that's that he robbed every bank in Australia twice. And which then came to America ridiculous. for a fresh target set. Yeah, which is ridiculous. I, well, I, like, so I love this. Goes back to what Reese was saying earlier about why are you on the team. But like the reason he's on that is he tangled with a metahuman and lived to tell about it. And I was like, no, Flash just doesn't go around murdering people. Yeah, Flash just doesn't kill. That's people. not. He didn't survive. That's a really cool Flash scene as well. I I really love that as an introduction to Ezra Miller's Flash. Um, I, I think it's really good. But what my problem with 
so what Reese was saying about not needing to be on the team, like if you sent them off to say another country to like infiltrate a place, he's a bank robber, so he's good at breaking into places. Yeah, robber bank. You have him, yeah. you know, be the forefront guy about getting you in, and then you transfer to do, Deadshot, who's do you think going to take out the security. Do you think he could successfully fight a kaiju starfish? And the bit that fell apart for me for him is that he throws a boomerang with a which is a drone with a camera and you just go, Why didn't they just use a drone? Just get a man who owns I I you know, my cousin owns a drone. I could have just got him to fly his drone into but wherever also, they like, were. Right like right at the end where they have to throw the bomb and throw in his his entire thing, they give it to Killer Croc. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, but there's, he does get one very funny scene with his boomerang. It's where they've all had that bit of a confrontation after um, Slipknot's climbed something. Um, and he's already thrown the boomerang. And then Rick Flagg's gotten against the wall. And he's like, no, Katana's if you do anything like that wall. again, I'll blow your head up. Oh, Katana's got him. And then he catches the boomerang. Sorry, darling. He's like, sorry. No, it's kind of he has do. the funniest line in the film, which is like, you're the fire guy, right? He's like, yeah, I was, Andre. He's like, oh, looky here. Gets out his light. It's like, fire. Woo! <laughs> I just think he's he's another character like Harley who's actually funny. Like when his his just when everyone's having a fight and he hides. Yeah, and he's just cracking bit. open a couple of cold the, ones. He's got the, the unicorn. unicorn in his pocket. Yeah, because that's his fetish. Yeah, and it's like yeah, it's just he's actually not gonna funny. lie. I forgot he was in the film when I was. But when it's because I was he spends the the whole film. He spends the film trying to get out of being in the squad, and he's he uses obviously um, Slipknot to like test the bomb theory, but like. The worst thing about it is that he he does come back at the end, you know, and like obviously I like I like him. He's well cast and he's funny, but like I forget I forget a lot of characters in this movie. Every time I rewatch it and they're doing that bit at the start where they just introduce every character one by one, I'm like, what? Killer Crocs? They in this? they also with Captain Boomerang they they get rid of what I really liked the most in about Task Force X in the comics is that they, none of these guys like each other. And so there's a really big rivalry between Deadshot and Captain Boomerang. Like, they're both assassins with different weapons, but they just don't get on. But they have to sometimes work together, and then sometimes they stab each other in the back. In this, does De- do Deadshot and Captain Boomerang really, like, interact in a meaningful way? Never. Not really. Captain Boomerang's just stood in the back drinking monster or whatever. There's, just, there's a bit where they talk to each other about how crazy Harley Quinn is. It's like, you don't need to tell us and that also i do really like that we know um, captain boomerang is like a tabloid nickname for him um i think that's it yeah it, you you're calling attention to how sort of cheesy the character is sort of like in this sort of really nice way i like really like how they sort of nickname him i'm not i'm not giving the film that no no that's, because... it's such a it's such a minor aspect of it i just like the way that they kind of admit that they've got some cheesy characters in here and obviously the tabloids would make it more cheesy we, we need to move on to the next character then. And this is a character that I feel very strongly about. So I, I want everyone to be pretty careful what they say because um, it's a character that obviously means a lot to me. Um, and that's um, Slipknot. Slipknot, the man who can climb anything. <laughs> what? She had a mouth. Definitely the bright of the Suicide Squad. <laughs> he's, got, he's got a grab. Um, I really like that he didn't even get an he's intro at the beginning. Like, so you knew, you knew he was going to get yeah. like... Boom, Who's this guy? Like, um, yeah. Captain Boomerang isn't like in <laughs> Belle Reeve, but he got an intro. Then Slipknot comes in, punches someone, and then gets his head blown up. He's like, what? He, she had a mouth. <laughs> Adam Beach, I'm so sorry. This is no personal disrespect, but... <laughs> you suck so much. Climb this, motherfucker. Um, anyway. 
What's the next character? And then it's the way he gets his head blown up. And then he keeps climbing and he just swings. <laughs> he just swings and bounces off the wall. And it's like, I can't believe this is in a high budget. <laughs> <laughs> I really see the thing is when you were doing your intro to this, I really thought you were gonna say katana. Because <laughs> they have about the same oh, amount of character. Can we can we can we talk about another character? Because we haven't even got to my least favourite character. Katana. Right, uh, yeah. She's not no, my least favourite character. Ne- next on the list is um, who I think might be your least favourite character, and that's um, Diablo. Oh, God. don't uh, I oh, I can't believe that they wrote him sympathetically. Yeah, because he's... in that scene with his family, he's clearly a, an abusive husband. Yeah. And they he lashes out. The, they try to make him the sympathetic character, but they don't do enough to do it. Like he, and it's yeah, not, he and sacrificed I, himself. I always, you know who I always thought... Himself? Slipknot. <laughs> I always thought, right, that he... He accidentally kills his family. Like that's what I remembered no, it, it from when I saw it in cinema. Then I rewatched it. It's like no, he did it because he lashed out because he got angry. And you think if that was a case where he didn't have powers and he lashed out and, and hit his kids, you think this is not a sympathetic guy. This is someone who isn't a very nice person. And now he he has a family that's two days old now and he dies for. I'm meant to feel so, and sorry. It's not for him. even like no, he is dying. Not even, You're he disgusting. wasn't even fighting with them for like most of the film. Like he only just started fighting. So it's like. You barely know them, and you've only just sort of, like, started trying to help them, so, like... Because he won't use his powers, but when he's in the tower and Deadshot convinces him to use his powers and he burns along, we're supposed to see it as this big, like, character growth moment because he's willing to use his powers but again. But he wasn't willing, like, that's no, the whole point. Because the, the reason he wasn't using his powers was because last time he did, he killed loads of people. So it's like, this yeah. isn't a big win for me from using his powers again. It's not character. At least I can now. see character, why like, Waller would put him in the squad. It's just, it's you know what he reminds me of? He reminds me of Cyborg in the Justice League, where he should be like the heart of the film. And obviously we see from the Snyder Cut that Cyborg is. Um, but he just doesn't work here in like so many ways. Well, because he's... Because they set him up as a terrible person. Yeah. I yeah, do like his one-to-one with... I do like the his one-to-one with... Um, the brother i think that's 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 an all right fight scene i have um no idea what oh, oh incubus okay. that's yeah. not a... that took me incubus i thought you were talking about a conversation incubus yeah he's called incubus right i forgot yeah i thought he was just in yeah, yeah brother he's called incubus. Incubus. yeah because they never say his name in the movie oh well i do they ever see it do they ever say he has no, a cool bit where he absorbs a yeah. load of people in the yeah, subway, that subway scene that's quite really funny cool. the bit where they like all glitch together um, into i also think that there's a really cool there's a really cool use of Diablo's powers in the bar scene, which I'll keep bringing up because it's the best scene in the movie. It's the only scene where the characters actually feel like characters. And I can tell it's the only scene that wasn't cut apart and put back together. And it's when he makes the little ballerina in his hand. And, and puts then it, in it the like grass, fogs up as he finishes cool. telling the story. Yeah. And then it actually, shows it's, it's him. A cool, it's a cool way to tell that story as he murders his wife and kid. And I like, I really yeah. like, although I know you said it's your favourite scene in the film, but... <laughs> Um, uh, Deadshot's just like you know they're going to blame this whole thing on us, and I'm like, what? They're going to the government are going to point at a crocodile, what, they're, they're a clown, blame and an assassin and say they made a swirling <laughs> ring of trash in the sky, and it was all them. And people are going to go, okay, well, what did <laughs> and they do? Made everyone and they're like, um, well, this this one is a crocodile, oh, so you know, <laughs> it's like what? Oh, 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 killer croc. Speaking of the crocodile, no, he's oh. not. List. Um, Again, one, they won an Oscar for him. Like, what? What do you want? Black Entertainment Television. Like, oh, I, he I... has the um the awful the Amazing Spider-Man lizard problem for me, which is I really want a snout. 
I don't think the snout would fix <laughs> no. him. No, oh god, no, no, go, no, no, he, it wouldn't fix him, but uh, where, he's, it's another point He's got no where... character, the performance is bad, he looks awful, he swims like he's got a tail, but he doesn't. It's another point where you don't know why he's there, and obviously when you get to the flooded sewer at the end, that makes sense, but you have all those other guys with, like, scuba gear, and A, where did they get that from? But also, like, it kind of negates Croc. So if you were, again, breaking into a, 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 a facility in another country but you had to manoeuvre the sewers to get there, you bring Croc along. Like, you give him a reason to be there. Like, you could have the exact same film, cut out Katana, Croc, um, Harley Quinn, Boomerang, and nothing would change. You bring up an interesting point, Sammy, and that's that they had all the other guys with scuba gear. There's so many other soldiers with the same equipment that the Suicide Squad have. So why are the Suicide yeah. Squad there? And also, you, you don't need already. to deny this. You can just say, oh, by the way, there's this evil witch attacking. Like, yeah, that, an evil you, witch. you can pin it on the actual bad guy. Like, <laughs> the, world, the world was attacked by Doomsday, like, a few months ago. People believe these things. Like, you know, just pin it on the villain. <laughs> Croc gets to throw the bomb, and it takes... For Five minutes, ever. ten minutes. It's the longest bit of <laughs> slow mo ever. I mean, just the bomb throws and it goes and goes and goes. Do you think Zack Snyder watched that and got, got, went, "Oh my god, that's amazing! <laughs> I can't wait." People, yeah, people, that scene <laughs> feels longer than the entirety of Zack Snyder's Justice League. That's bit. Like, uh, that's just. Yep. Yeah. Um, we, we'll move on. Two characters left. Um, we'll do Katana next. Um, she's got my back. Her sword traps the souls of its victims. Wouldn't advise getting killed by her. Blah blah blah. Uh, Enchantress sucks. She she's cool for a bit when she's a witch. June Moon is a terrible archaeologist because she finds an artifact and rips the She has the, the best um, shot in the film with the hand transformation. Um, like absolute yeah, props. That's to that. a cool shot. But then she becomes a and then she just like, oh, I can, my dear. And it's like yeah. I also don't get Cara why Delevy they wouldn't why they act. wouldn't join her. Like you are evil lady. I'm like yeah, you're a hitman. You're not one to judge me. <laughs> like join her. That would be an interesting dynamic where you have half the squad join her and. Deadshot joining a witch that's taking over the world wouldn't make much sense. Yeah, but neither does him not joining. <laughs> no, because the film makes no sense anyway. The whole thing is structurally on a I base I also like level, that Harley's, totally Harley's um, dream is Jared Leto, but without any of the crap on his face. <laughs> Which is that's still a terrible dream, because he's still Jared Leto. But um, I, I, I'm really tired talking about anyway. this film. In fact, I've, I've never spent so long thinking about yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> it's really bad, isn't it? Should we should we talk about a much better film? Yeah. Uh, last one for today, then. Uh, Wonder Woman. I think Gal Gadot is, is incredible in this role, and the movie looks incredible. Loads of great action. Chris Pine is very charismatic. Uh, the No Man's Land scene is one of the coolest in any superhero movie. I think it's incredible. I think the movie flies along really well for about an hour and a half. And then falls apart entirely with the God of War throwing rocks at Wonder Woman. Uh, I I just like this film. I I think it's fine. Uh, like there are some really great bits in it, like the No Man's Land and then the retaking of the village are fantastic. But Diana and I get this is part of her character, but she's so naive it's infuriating. And then she's like, "Why are you still fighting? I killed I killed the German." Ooh, and I'm just sort of like, "Yeah, but." It's clearly not that, and that's what Steve's been trying to tell you for the entire film. So, like, when that doesn't work, why are you as surprised as you are? And then she's like, no, I'm not going to... She's been raised her whole life. She's been raised her whole life being told Ares is the cause of 
all war and yeah, it's our it's job just, one day it's to so stop it. frustrating to see that proven that. so objectively and hurt then they're like well can you at least come and help us stop us stop them like you know gassing the entire front line and causing the deaths of millions and she's like no i'm gonna go off and sulk for 30 seconds before my cgi well, boss battle i think i think what this has for especially two acts is that it has a really good core of with with steve and diana uh, diana and steve is that one represents fate the other represents free will you know one yeah. one thinks that this war is a fixed thing and that she has to go and stop this person in order to end it where steve is like i've been fighting this for four years there are there are good people and bad people on both sides we're all just trying to like we're all just waiting for someone to say stop fighting and then yeah. it does and why why it falls down for me at the end is that Diana has this core belief that she, for 2,000 years, she thinks that she's going to be the one to take the sword and kill Ares. And then when she finds out that that's not the thing she had to do, her whole world seems to collapse around her. And we don't get a lot of time to sit with her. When she kills, yeah. um, not the Doctor Gas person, the other uh, one, the, um, yeah. um, Striker from yeah, Wolverine Striker. Origins, um, he's. It's like, like, like she's done it, right? I've killed Ares. Why yeah. are they still fighting? And then she realizes, uh, and then there's a brilliant moment before the horrible fight where Ares is like, "No, I just give them the ideas. It's the humans that do the actual fighting and killing." You... I think, that, and so when, her, uh, sorry, sorry, and so when her whole world, when her whole world collapses around her, and she doesn't get a chance to react, she goes straight into a ridiculously awful she also has CGI the boss worst battle. line in this film. It's really bad. I, I hate really the bad. ending the ending narration where she's like, I have come to the conclusion that only love can save the world. And I like the, I like the sentiment, but it's, it's, it's so, it's so cheesy. I really. Sorry, sorry, Diana. What happened between, what happened in world war two then? Was that love? Was that still love? Uh, the, the nukes? No, I, I, I do think that the, I, I do think that the start is really good. I enjoy the fight scene on the beach. and oh, the stuff Everything from Themyscira. Themyscira is great. I think that, um, Young Diana is very cute. Oh, and Themyscira's I whole aesthetic is an absolute like yeah. postcard, isn't it? Like, I, yeah. it's my some of my favourite stuff is. And I, yeah, looks great. Well, it's and just when, Italy, isn't it? And Chris Pine and her—they're just so funny together. Like they yeah, just they, bounce they off each chemistry. other. The bit where they're on the boat, and then they're when she's walking through London with like the sword and shield. It's like, no, let's put those away. Uh, I'll take those and I'll who's give them the, back to you who's later. Who's the other character we get there as well? Etta Candy. I think is hilarious. She's played really by Lucy funny. Davis. It's very, those scenes are very much to me um, Christopher Reeve's Superman. A lot of that. Yes. Um, like the scene in the alleyway, her in the clothes shop, the, the Rovendor, things like that. It's all very throwback to that. And I think it works very well. It feels like a film from that generation just being made now. And I think it drops that. Yeah. In the last act, so you can have and also CGI it makes no things. sense and when we've seen CGI's David Thewlis, but when you're using um, it like that, you it know, is. like vanish and materialize. So, like, why would you engage in a one-to-one her like when you can literally? Yeah, yeah. But like, he's the god of war. Use a sword. Don't. And throw also, why is she able to kill you if your whole thing is war and you can't win a battle? <laughs> there is one very cool thing. There is one very great moment in the third act, though, and it's when an actor called Chris playing a character named Steve in a world war in a superhero movie sacrifices <laughs> himself by blowing by up a plane blowing filled with bombs to save the world I think that's the first time we'd ever seen yeah. it uh, <laughs> no, um, I think that uh, I also love the um, when she goes across she goes um, into no man's land because I always like stuff like you've got like modern weaponry 
and then you've just got someone with a sword. And it's like, yeah, yeah that's really cool. It's also just, and it's the way hitting the bullets away. It's another moment of seeing the heroes in the DCU, and it's something that's handled well with Superman later on once he's dead. And it's showing how the heroes of the DCU can inspire others, because no one's willing to cross yeah. that no man's land to save that village. Until she and then is. she goes up on her own. She's getting all the fire. And then everyone else from the trench runs out and joins in. It's why I love that scene so much. The music's great in it. It looks great. It's really cool. It shows Wonder Woman is just really brave. And she goes out and then everyone joins her. No, it leads but, straight into the village. Yeah, the whole, the whole really score, cool. you mentioned really the theme, cool. but like the entirety of the score in this film is like it's really distinct, so it really stands out. Um, dun, 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 and it fits dun, 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 everything perfectly. Dun, dun, it's really good. I love the fate free will balance in this. I think that that core of the film where she thinks she's got to do this thing when you as the audience member looking yeah. and going we know listen we we're, we're we're in 2021 like this happened over 100 years ago we know exactly what happened in world war one we know that it was a horrific event and that yeah. millions died for no apparent and reason I, th- I think it would have been better if maybe Ares hadn't shown up and she had beaten Ludendorff and then realized oh maybe people are just like this and then you'd had one last fight where she just rescued some people but I think if they put maybe put Ares in and used him well, it might have worked. But they well, they did. Don't. Well, they did briefly because, as, as I said, they, Ares shows up and goes, "Listen, yeah, I tell them how to make weapons. I don't tell them to fire them. That's humans. That they they've decided to do that." And it's but then it just descends into the CGI fight. Whereas you've got this really complex char- um, potential villain who is manipulating from the background. Get Diana instead, and it's the same. Sorry, it's the same problem with Superman and Zod. Don't don't give her something she can just punch her way through because that's not yeah. a challenge. She's literally indestructible. Give her a challenge where she has to I actually think, though, think. I I think that they use Wonder Woman's sort of array of like items well in this film as well because it'd be really easy to say, yeah. oh, she's just really strong, she can punch everyone anyway. But they use the bracelet the sword, as well. The, shield, the bracelets, the like, lasso. Yeah, here's why she's the one with them. Throw the shield, the bracelet, the lasso, and the lasso has one of my sort of favorite scenes in this movie, and it's the scene where I think she really starts to trust Steve Trevor and it's when she he's trying to convince her to go to the front and she's like well, well how do I know I can trust you with this mission and he grabs the lasso and says it all yeah. again great and then from great. that point on she trusts him and it's like then you can just have these two characters who fully trust each other with full chemistry and I think it works really well uh so I started delving into some of the DC animated films um and I watched uh justice league the new frontier the other day and wonder woman's really bloodthirsty in that and it really threw me off because i've only seen um the dceu version of the uh of wonder woman so like which one which one is which one is she more like in general because i didn't like i didn't like i didn't like i didn't like the hyper aggressive oh, i'm gonna beat up everyone <laughs> uh sort of almost bloodlust um i didn't like it because it, it really threw me. Well, but no, no, but 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 the the whole point is that by the time she's in the Justice League, she's less like that, and so she comes out of this world where she's been brought up to be this hyper aggressive warrior. She comes into the real world, realizes the entire world isn't hyper aggressive like that. She doesn't need to fight and kill everything she finds, and then she adapts to the modern world. I would have liked to see a bit more version, of an explication of her moral this compass wasn't in this. Trained as a highly aggressive she was kept warrior, from it. she was kept. You're yeah, that's not a good point. To learn to fight because that's a very good point. You had to be peaceful. Then they train her in the case she needs to defend herself, which I think. Um, I think it works well to have this character who's just so immediately 
hopeful and kind and nice after coming off the other films where all the characters were a bit on the grumpy side. I think Gal Gadot pulls that off really well. Yeah, Listen, like, like you, Sammy, you said that you were taken aback by how hyper-aggressive she was and how bloodthirsty she was in that film. When, yeah, yeah. When I, but when I, when I saw this film for the first time, I was surprised at how reserved she was. So, But I've grown to... It's grown on yeah. me now, so... Um, I What I will say is that these out of these four films we talked about today, this is definitely my favourite, just because I think the performance of the lead character combined with just how much I love the first hour and a half, I think just elevates it so much for me. And it falls apart for me a little bit with that, that final fight. But that's the only big downside I have. I think the other sort of hour and a half of the film is just so incredible. It's so gripping and engaging and fast and has such a great pair of leads that I love this film. And what I might do next time I watch it is that you get to the Ares reveal and then before the fight starts, just turn it off. Just turn oh, it off. Cliffhanger. Just turn the movie off. Cliffhanger. <laughs> <laughs> and then... And leave the scene where Steve goes up into the air. Don't show him blow up yet. Oh Just yeah, leave it as a cliffhanger. Complaint I had. You have that scene where she's shell shocked and he's trying to like talk to her, but obviously you can't hear it. And then he runs off. And you go back like, to oh. it and it says that she could hear it, and it was us that and, was shell shocked. <laughs> but it was sort of like I don't, and I I really I really really like that. I was like, oh my god, yes, they're not going to do the cliched oh I love you thing. And then they go back to it at the end. It's like oh I love you, and I'm sort of like oh, I didn't need that. It was so obvious and implied and you know you built it up yeah i don't need it. i like the she's idea Wonder that Woman she missed it <laughs> i like the idea that she missed it and he kept trying to get her to come and fight and she didn't and it's like a regretful thing so she always it's like another reason for her to go off and try and help everyone because she missed her last sort of conversation with him uh so i hate that they go back to it, it really undercuts a lot of it for me I think this is the film, though, that probably more than any influence the direction the universe went in. Because I think after this, if you look at the other films with Aquaman, Shazam, Justice League, Birds of Prey, they went a lot more fun and hopeful with each film. People so fed up of the grim darks. I know it's not Snyder doing Suicide Squad, but there's a similar enough aesthetic to them. Yeah. Where there's sort of the grimy, washed out yeah. look, um, which works in some cases and doesn't in others. Um, but I yeah. do think that most of the films we got after it really worked. So they, they changed it for this film, and I think it was for the better. As much as but they we started got embracing Justice League how film, campy. Yeah, we we got a worse like, Justice League film out of it, but everything after Justice League turned out really successful. Like we got we got Shazam flossing. Uh, yeah, and and Aquaman we like being awesome. Get to, a, get to that within a, a few episodes time. But uh, join us again next week, I guess, as we spend very very long doing a deep dive on two versions of a similar movie which couldn't be more different in tone and quality uh, but I guess all that's left to say from me today is goodbye and from Sammy do you say goodbye and from Breeze it's <laughs> such a bad bit <laughs> goodbye no, I'm just, guys I'm, I'm just moping that's, that's my goodbye I'm just I'm moping at the camera Sa- Sammy why did you say that goodbye <laughs>